Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Monday morning and Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, Romans Bible Study. We're in chapter 7. Today is June the 13th, and we're in part 7 of Romans chapter 7. Looking forward to the teaching this morning. Grab your pencil, get you some paper, get ready to take notes, get, get your Bibles out. We're going to dig in this morning and, and, and ask the Lord to give us our daily bread, that which we need desperately. He attempts daily to load His children with benefits is what the Word of God tells us. So we're just going to believe that God is trying to load us daily with the benefits that will build us up in who He is and paint a bigger portrait of His Son Jesus Christ. Christ for us as we learn to live in the victory he afforded us at Calvary. Praise God. Little 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, will bless your heart. It will, it will bring much clarity and remove much confusion uh, with these scriptures that are listed in this book, little 62-page, $15. You can get your copy. Just give on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. Make sure you tell us what it is you want and your address is in there, and we'll mail it to you out real quick. Also, everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's the preaching services, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, uh, the, the Romans teaching Monday morning and Thursday mornings and the teaching on righteousness that's presently ongoing right now every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And that's a Bible study that's in the studio next door that all who can make it Friday mornings are welcome to come. Bring your Bible, coffee, pencil, paper. We just have a one-hour Bible study and we're studying on the topic of righteousness right now. But if you can't make it, remember you can find all those teachings on the YouTube channel and again that's Curtis Hutchinson 316. Also, uh, we have a church now in Wichita Falls, Texas. We're praying for a pastor. We meet the second weekend every month, Friday nights at 7 and Saturday mornings from 10 to lunch. And it's at the Hampton Inn on 4217 Kemp Boulevard. So if you know anybody in the Wichita Falls area, please get a message to them that we're there. And I just know God is going to build a work there. There's over 100,000 people in that city. And we just believe God for a great spirit-filled gospel preaching, which means the message of the cross church. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's dig in this morning right here in Romans chapter 7. Uh, some say it's a hard-to-understand chapter, but I believe with all my heart that once you are able to... Uh, Come back to the cross. Let all the other things go. The Holy Spirit can feed you and bring clarity to the Scriptures. And, and the Scriptures will really become plain then, as the book of Proverbs tells us, that they're plain to all who understand. And understanding, Proverbs 9 and 10 says that... that Understanding is a knowledge of the Holy One. And our knowledge of the Holy One comes through what He did for us at Calvary. And we step into that understanding. We step into that knowledge that all things pertaining to life and godliness come to us through. And we have to have understanding. We have to have uh, uh, the knowledge because all things come to us through the knowledge of Christ and what He's accomplished for us at Calvary and daily tries to freely offer us. So praise God for that. So Romans chapter 7, if it's 
being studied in its proper context, which the whole Word of God is not for your interpretation, not for their interpretation. The interpretation of the Scriptures is truth and righteousness. Amen. Amen. God's Word is truth. Jesus is that truth, living truth, that said all the Scriptures are about Him, John 5, 39 and 40. And Proverbs 8 and 8 says, all the, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And, and righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Therefore, every word God has ever spoken, the entirety of your Bible, if it's seen through the blood, not just because you're in because of the blood, but if the word of God is in that context, the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding that you need, not just the wisdom of men. But the power of God will be what your faith is in. And we need to understand what I just said today. Ephesians 5, 9 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You remove one of those, it eliminates it from being the fruit of the Spirit. It must be in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Amen. You can't just read the Bible and think God's going to move in your life. You have to have faith in the Word in its proper context, which is truth in righteousness. Praise God. That's good to know. You might be 70 years old, never heard that. Well, don't be mad. Be glad that you heard, you're hearing it now and you don't have to uh, be wondering and confused anymore. So Romans chapter 7. And this, is, again, is part 7 here on the 13th day of June, 2019. We're going to begin in verse 8. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. Now think about this. We'll break this down, talk about this today. When the Bible says, but sin... It's talking about the sin nature. When you look the word sin up, as we've discussed, if you followed our teaching, and you need to know this, the word sin is either a verb concerning an act of sin you are committing or it is used as a noun referring to the sin nature, that person that we were before we were born again, the sin nature, that thing that held us captive, that thing that was crucified with Christ at Calvary, that, that nature that was put away and replaced with a divine nature, a new spirit, a new heart, praise God. That's good stuff. But that, that sin nature was crucified. Christ died unto that sin nature, taking upon not just the, the guilt and the shame, but the very person of the sin nature. All of that was placed upon him, and we died, were crucified with him. Galatians 2.20 reveals that to us, and Romans chapter 6 as well. So here, and you need to see it as this when we're studying. But the sin nature takes occasion by the commandment. The sin nature takes the opportunity to take over and dominate when we are trusting in anything other than Christ and His work at Calvary, His death. You need to know that today. And now I'm going to make a statement. It's going to boggle the mind. But just think about not only us in the past for many wasted years, but how many Millions, if not billions of people. No, let's just stick with, with millions of Christians, hopefully millions, 
of Christians, true Christians, not people who just say they are, but people who have believed in Jesus Christ and what he did for Cal at Calvary for their salvation. And they are in Christ. They're on their way to heaven. But today, and I speak from experience, they're trusting in something other for the provision and the power of God than simply what Christ did at Calvary. The sin nature dominates every one of those people. Because it's, listen, it's not sin we commit that revives the sin nature. It's when our faith is not in any longer what crucified and put away the sin nature. What, what gives the sin nature occasion is the commandment. It may not be thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not bear false. Listen, it may be the commandment that if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you. I heard a preacher say some six, seven years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, right here in our small community, that the reason you have bondages in your life is because you're not taking care of the poor. Because God says if you take care of the poor, He will deliver you from oppression. But know this, all that message did, because not related to Calvary, was sent people out of the congregation that day thinking they could go and feed the little old lady next door or take care of some folks that are homeless out there and that would bring deliverance from the oppression, the sin that's dominating their lives. And it was, it, it, it's wrong because there's no righteous understanding in that message that was preached. You can't go do anything unless your faith is in Calvary first. And it must remain there. That means when you go take care of the poor, you're not doing it for deliverance because your faith for deliverance is in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Now somebody better say amen today. But everybody leaves out of these congregations with messages that only revive the sin nature, the do's and the don'ts. And I used to be one of those preachers. Families would come down the aisle broken and tormented by the enemy. Preacher, if you don't tell me how to find deliverance, I'm going to lose my everything I have. We've lost our jobs. We've lost this. We've lost that. And the next thing is just we're, we're going to get divorced. We're, go we, we, we're not going to have anything. And I would begin to tell them, well, are you going to church every week? Are you giving tithes and offerings? Are you studying the Word? And all those things are good and should be being done. But when I tell you as a commandment, if you'll do these things, God will deliver you and you will be able to participate in God's saving grace by what you do, I have only given the sin nature occasion by the commandment, look, to, to bring about in you all manner of concupiscence, the Bible says, which is desires that are ungodly. The sin nature, let's get it right today. Romans 6 teaches this very well, and here in chapter 7 of Romans, that it's not committing a sin that revives the sin nature. It's trusting in the law, whatever that law may be. If I think I can fast for 40 days and get deliverance over sin... That's a law. That's a law. Jesus died for my salvation and all aspects of it. The moment I stop trusting in Christ and begin trusting in something else, 
I'm like the church in Galatia that Paul told by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm amazed that you've so soon removed yourself from the Lord, from the one that called you into this grace. Galatians 1 and 6. Galatians 5, 1 through 4 says, You've fallen from grace. You're now in a place where Christ cannot profit you, cannot affect you. And the problem there was that they had begun to believe the Judaizers that maybe they do need to go get circumcised. Maybe they do need to follow the law for the fullness of God's provision and power, which was a lie. And when we step into that, anything other than simple childlike faith in the cross of Christ, the sin nature is revived and begins to dominate. And here's where the confusion and the deception is. Because we don't go back to the bottle. We don't go back to the drugs. We don't go back to the foul mouth. Hear me this morning. Faith in anything but the cross or the Word of God in that context, which is the only righteous context God's Word is in, is a sin. Think about that. I read to you a couple of sessions ago, the scripture says the law is not of faith. That means anything you do for any aspect of God's saving grace, His presence, His power, His provision, His deliverance is anything. Faith in anything other than Christ, which means His work at Calvary, is a sin because it's law. When people say there's more than the cross, you listen to them, the next words out of their mouth is going to be something you have to go do if you want to be saved, if you want to be sanctified. You have to do. I used to be one of those preachers. It's a miracle that I can sit here today and share with you. It's a miracle, those of you who've accepted God's truth and God's grace, biblical truth and grace. It's a miracle that we have ears to hear today. But we chose, after being broken down and wanting reality and wanting to see the truth and wanting reality of what God really, what His Word really says, wanting to understand, wanting to know, not to puff ourselves up, but we, God found us broken down and miserable, miserable because things weren't working. What we tried wasn't working. And hear me today, He showed up and offered truth, the truth of His Word, the truth of His Son, and the only avenue through which that truth comes, which is faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Now hear me today, and this is going to hurt, but nobody is letting go of what they're holding on to as long as they think it's working for them, even though it's not until they repent and grab back a hold, I'm talking to Christians, back a hold of the cross of Christ. As long as you think that's working for your deliverance, that's working for your overcoming power, overseeing, and hear me, it can't because it's what you're doing. That's law. Galatians 5.18 says those that be led of the Spirit are not under law. That means the Spirit of God's not going to lead us to do anything for deliverance, do anything for victory, do anything for sanctification, do anything for the provision of God. He's going to lead us to the Word of God, and when He does, the Word of God is going to point us to the living Word of God so that what Christ did at Calvary can be the centerpiece of our faith. And God sees that faith and God honors that faith. All these folks who are not coming, refuse to come back to Calvary, are folks who are clinging to something other. 
They may say, no, we're not, no, we're not. I, as a, as a minister for years, always told everybody how to get saved. Had it right, never got it wrong. The cross of Christ, what he there did. But to live for God, to have that power and provision and sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, I had it all wrong and didn't have a clue. And we were looking, and the church today is looking for that. And one day we're going to find it, they think. We're going to find that something in the Scriptures that show us what the power of God is going to fall on us. The cross of Christ is what God offered so that the power of God, the power of Christ could rest upon the church. And I'm glad to know that today. I feel so sorry for those who keep refusing. They keep hearing the truth. They keep rejecting preacher just a few months ago, about a year ago, said uh, when they were, some folks were in a meeting about us coming to this town to have a, 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 an outreach, the preaching of the cross, they knew what we were coming to preach. And one of the preachers said, do we really want that message in our town? As long as you're rejecting the message of the cross as the answer for all things, as a child of God, the sin nature has been revived and controlling you. And again, let me say it, just because you're not back on the drugs or the alcohol or your mouth is foul, the sin nature is still dominating you in religion. To live under law is to live in sin. The only place where sin doesn't dominate is under grace. Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law where it dominates, but you're under grace. That is, if you don't fall from grace and go back and start living by the do's and don'ts and the taste and the taste nots and all that I do, and then God will. No, that's a works and wages mentality. And we are servants. And after we've done all God called us to do, it's because we're servants. We're not working to be saved. We're not working for any aspect of God's salvation. Yes, we'll be rewarded for our works. But that has nothing to do with working for salvation. God rewarded us with His Son and what He did at Calvary for our entrance into the kingdom. Rewarded. He didn't reward us. Yeah, that was a wrong statement. I'm sorry. There was no. He did that simply because he loved us. When you say reward, that means we did something to get it. And and works will get a reward one day. That's what the Bible teaches. But any aspect of God's salvation is not a reward because we didn't do anything to get it except believe. Are we right now? We're right now. Glad we caught that stupid mistake. Uh, that stupid phrase. Yeah, that salvation is not a reward. Salvation is given freely to whosoever will believe. Glory to God. So let's look at this again. But the sin nature, verse 8, Romans 7, but the sin nature takes occasion. Man, it, 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 it has the legal opportunity. There is a sin nature. Preachers that tell you there is no sin nature, you better run from them. You better run from them. The sin nature takes occasion by the law, by the commandment, when we try to live by what we do or don't do for any aspect of God's salvation, <coughs> the sin nature is revived. And now all that can be experienced is a self-righteousness. 
If we're working for righteousness, that's what we're doing ourselves, and we are rewarded our own self with self-righteousness. But when our faith is in the only work God has offered us to give us righteousness, that's Christ and what he did at Calvary, then God declares us righteous, makes us servants of righteousness, Romans 6, 17 and 18, allows us to bear forth the fruits of righteousness daily if that's what our faith remains in. When we move it to the purpose driven, the government of 12, the words we speak, the money we give, how much time we pray, how many times we are in church, anything, even the things that are good, the purpose driven, uh, the government of 12, those are not programs. That are, those, those stuff's not found in the Bible. No, not even the principle of those things are found in the Bible. Those are golden calves that men erected among uh, the church to try to deceive us, steal our crown, beguile us and move our faith away from the cross to doing something because that's what those programs are about, you doing something. And yes, we're ordained to walk in good works, but we're God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.6 or 2.10 rather. And all the programs that men raise up or something, even they say God gave it to them. God didn't give them those programs. God gave his true ministers of righteousness the message of truth and grace, which point to Christ and his accomplished work, finished work at Calvary. What happens with the church is the same thing that happens with Israel. We just get burnt out and sick of hearing about that and think it's now, well, we got, there's more than this. We have to do something. A man told me that some two or three years ago, giving him the gospel, and I could tell it was sounding good to him, but his final comment to me was, there's got to be more to it than that. What he means is, I've got to do something for it. If you think you have to do something for it, you're eliminated from it. Let me say that again. If you think you have to do something for it, you're eliminated from it. And even if you're born again child of God in the kingdom, in Christ, headed to heaven, and you've been duped and seduced in these last days, and this deception is causing you to wax cold from love, to depart from the faith... And it is. If your faith is not in the cross alone, you're in, you're, that's you. That was me. God's waiting on you to acknowledge the truth again. It's not just Scripture, but Scripture in the light of the one who said Scripture's about Him and what it is about Him that gives us the liberty from the Scriptures being the cross of Christ. This is good today. Hallelujah. You need to hear that. You need to know that. We were waxing cold from love. Oh, but we could still cry. We were being seduced and we'd, we had departed from the faith, but we thought we were, had more faith than anybody. Oh, we had departed from the way of holiness, but we thought we were holier than anybody. Listen, and let me remind you today, please go read Revelation, not right now, write it down, take a note, go read Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I, I can't get this out of my heart, out of my mind the church in Sardis. They, Jesus told them through John, through the letter he wrote to them, you have a name that you're alive. That means, man, they were bursting at the seams with people, with works, and, 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 and they had a reputation. Man, that church is alive. Look at them. Wow. Jesus shows up through that letter. He gave John to write to him and says, you got a reputation, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. 
I want you to think about that. If Jesus tells a born-again believer, a child of God who's been given eternal life that they're dead, that means they're not experiencing Him. Because to live is Christ. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, I believe. To live is Christ. <coughs> so if Jesus tells the church, the born-again, blood-bought church who's been given eternal life that they're dead... And he's, and he's determining that by looking at their works because that's what he tells them. Your works are not perfect before me. Oh, but they had works and they had so many that they had a reputation. They were alive. Think about this. But Jesus tells them to repent and return to the place where they could hear and receive. Where was that? Where was that? At the cross. That's where you begin to hear. That's where you begin to see. And he warns them and he, and he tells them, those that overcome, those who repent and overcome and come back to this place, I won't blot your name out of the book of eternal life. Now that's quite a thought. That's quite a thought. And I know because of the heresies and the lies that are out there in certain de the denominational world about you can't ever lose your salvation, so this can't be talking to saved people. My Lord, somebody needs to wake up today and quit believing Grandma and Grandpa and that preacher that's in the pulpit, and you need to get back to believing God's Word. God's Word. And don't go ask your preacher. Ask the Lord. Nothing wrong with asking the preacher, but you better be careful which preacher you're asking. Because there are millions today who believe in this false thought of I can't ever forfeit my salvation. Those same people believe that God's still working even though the Holy Spirit who is God told Paul to tell the Galatian church you've fallen from grace. Christ can't profit you. Christ can't affect you. You've fallen from, you're no longer under grace. Think about that. But that can't be talking to us. It's talking to the a church who got so radically saved, Paul told them in Galatians 3 that it's my preaching unto you and your faith in what I preached was like you were there when Jesus was crucified. So he is referring to faith in the cross and then moving it back to circumcision, back to uh, uh, the law, back to anything you do is law if your faith is in it. If your faith is in you're going to church, that's law. If your faith is in your Bible study, it's become a law. It don't have to be. But when we remove our faith from the cross of Christ alone, here's what the church doesn't know. When our faith is not in the cross, it's not in Christ. Because if it's not in the cross, it's in something we're doing. Amen. So watch this. But the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence because without the law, sin was dead. Think about that. Without the law, sin was dead. Now let's talk about this as we've got about three minutes. Between Adam, and we, we touched it last week, between Adam and the commandment he had not to eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the law of Moses was a long time. A long time. So there was no law between Adam's law not to eat of the tree, that was done and over with. There was no law of Moses, but men were still dying in their sins. But, but it wasn't transgression. 
it was still sin, and they died and went to hell, and there was consequences for their sin. <clears throat> for without the law, sin was dead. Think about that. And the word sin there is the sin nature. That means men couldn't describe, but they were still sinners. It don't matter if you can describe it or not. God gave us two things that are always present for anybody with an honest heart to be able to search for Him. That's a conscience and a creation. These people who claim to be atheists that say, that say everything was made out of nothing, well, okay, there you have it. That's why God calls them fools because nothing can create everything. See how silly it is. Think about that. The atheists say everything came out of nothing. Well, again, that's why God in Psalms 53 verse 1 calls them fools because nothing can come from nothing. Now, God created all things out of nothing, but God created all things. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. So, and we're going to get into this even more next week. For without the law, sin was dead. But sin still killed. Sin still made men guilty. But it was dead. There was, there was no acknowledgement. And Paul will get into this and we'll see it next week uh, because he's really, he's really going to start talking about himself and, a pro, and the problem he had as a Christian trying to live uh, with sin. And next, next Monday morning right here, we're going to see how Paul is talking about not before he was saved like many preachers preach and teach today, but Paul was talking about a problem he had with the law after he was saved until he received the revelation of the cross and how to live in victory. Okay? So I want you to be here next Monday morning live right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or watch it when you can later on the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316 or the website thecrosswaychurch.com and uh, we just love you. We praise God for you. I know God is changing lives through this teaching, through this ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray for us. We'll be in Wichita Falls tomorrow night and Saturday morning in the Crossway Church there. And uh, we just know God is on the move. He's on the move here. He's on the move in the Philippines. He's on the move all, in, in all over the world. And I praise God for that. He's a God of love, mercy, and grace. And you can experience all of that exclusively through faith in the giving of God's Son at the cross. You can have it all. He offers all through His Son at Calvary. I've got to go until next time. God bless you. We love you. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amen.